It's the Chronicles of Aguna. It's Judgment Day and we are live. You're listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler and you're listening to Harry Simeon. Hello and welcome back to another live edition of the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast brought to you by 90 Min. We are live and we are looking ahead to tonight's UEFA Europa League semi-final second leg between Arsenal and Villarreal at the Emirates Stadium. It's a huge, huge night for the Gunners. It's a huge night for the football club, for the fans and, of course, for Mikel Arteta, who is under real, real pressure to guide Arsenal through to this European final. If he can win the trophy, he will relieve some of that pressure that is undoubtedly on him at the moment from certain sections of the fan base. And he will secure Champions League football for next season, which would have been his objective at the start of the campaign. If he fails, though, when you take that into consideration, you take the fact that we probably should be beating Villarreal, as well as the fact that Arsenal's league position is completely unacceptable at the moment, then you have to fear for Mikel Arteta. Even if the club won't make the move just yet, you can be dead certain that there will be supporters, fans, you know, making their voices heard about their sort of disapproval at how this season has gone so far. I've talked about it a lot in the last couple of days. I've talked about the fact that given the Cronkies are under so much heat, given that they've been accused of not caring about the football club. And, and, and you know, I agree with that accusation. They've not done anywhere near enough. Would a Europa League exit present them with an opportunity to make a bit of an example out of Mikel Arteta, to pull the trigger on him and to try and get the fans on side who say that they don't care about what's going on on the football pitch. If he was to keep Mikel Arteta in his position moving forward after Arsenal had exited the Europa League at the semi-final stage to an unfancied Villarreal side and finished the Premier League season in ninth. How on earth would that be acceptable? It simply isn't. It simply wouldn't be. And um, I wonder if the Cronkies might take advantage of a potential exit and try and use it as something to strengthen their relationship with the fans by saying, look, well, the results weren't there. We weren't happy. And so we made the change. Who knows? We're going to have to wait and see how this pans out. Of course, it is all dependent on what goes on uh, this evening at the Emirates Stadium between Arsenal and Villarreal. On this edition of the show, I'm going to be discussing the team that I would like to see Mikel Arteta pick. And I'll be sharing with you guys a prediction. I'd love to hear from you in the comments as well throughout. Um, I know there was a lot of debate ahead of the first leg about the team that I selected. Uh, none of you wanted to see Granit Xhaka at left back. I got a lot of heat about that in the comments section, but that's absolutely fine. That's what we're here to do. We're here to discuss. We're here to debate. So as I always say, I'd love to hear from you guys. Just a quick reminder that this podcast is brought to you by Manscaped. So if your nether regions are in need of some tender, loving care and you haven't got the tools to hand uh, to give it or give them whatever you want to call it, the treatment it deserves, then head over to manscaped.com, enter our discount code, which is 90min20, and you'll receive free worldwide shipping as well as 
a 20% discount on your order. It's a pretty significant discount. It's well worth taking advantage of. And uh, the products are ace, I've got to say. Uh, let's go over to the live comments before we uh, we dig into the team uh, that I want to see. Big hello to T Talks, to Alcarp, to Ebby, um, to F4 Freestylers, to the Vatsug. Um, who else have we got in here? Jashar, Graham, uh, John. We've got Graham Sutherland, Kville. We've got lots of you in the chat. Uh, Derek Symes joins us uh, from Australia as well. So plenty of you in the chat box. Great to see you all there. And uh, I look forward to seeing uh, some of you familiar faces in the watch along tonight as well, which kicks off at 7.45. I'll also be joined by Metro Sports Mike Stavrou for a post-match reaction podcast as well. Live at around about 10.15, assuming the game doesn't go to extra time. If it does, then of course we'll delay that accordingly. And I'll update you throughout the watch along with regards to what time that is going to be. If you're listening via the audio platforms, make sure you leave us a review. It's always uh, great to see those reviews, to read those reviews. And as you know, they help the podcast climb up the rankings as well. But without further ado, let's get into the team that I would like to see Mikel Arteta select for tonight's semi-final second leg. And I've been thinking about this for a couple of days. I've been thinking about this for from the minute I woke up, really, because last night when I went to bed, I had a team in my mind that I wanted to see Mikel Arteta picked. I, I even talked about some changes that I felt he should make in during, uh, during sorry, one of yesterday's podcasts. And even on some of those things, I'm, I'm starting to change my mind. It's really, really difficult uh, because there are a number of decisions for Mikel Arteta to make. You know, the left back position, what happens there? Is Kieran Tierney fit enough? We don't even know. Um, at this stage, we don't know if Kieran Tierney is going to be available. That obviously changes so, so much. Then you look at the heart of the defence. You know, Gabriel, uh, sorry, Gabriel, does he get a look in? You know, holding in Marie didn't exactly fill us with confidence in that first leg. You know, right back, who plays at right back? Callum Chambers, Hector Bellerin, Cedric Suarez. And then you move into the midfield and with no Danny Sabayos, there are questions to be answered there as well. You look up top. I think we can all agree that Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang should start and lead the line. But who plays from the left? Who plays from the right? Who plays in the number 10 position? Will it be um, Emil Smith-Rowe? Will it be Martin Odegaard? There are so many big calls for Mikel Arteta to make ahead of tonight's game. And that is why I've had so much trouble finally settling on a team. But I have done that now. And I'm going to share that with you guys. Let me just say a couple more hellos. A big hello to Steve uh, and to Nigos, who joins us from Greece. Hope you're well, my friend. Uh, big thank you to Chef as well, who's just signed up as a member. Uh, thank you so much. And if you wish to do so, you can do that by clicking on the link in the description. But right, let's finally get into it. So I'm going to start with the goalkeeper. Um, you won't be surprised that I'm going to stick with Bern Leno. I know Matt Ryan played at the weekend, but for me, as much as he's made mistakes this season, as much as at times I've been critical of him, I think Bern Leno proved in that first leg that he can be a difference maker. You know, Villarreal, had they managed to net that third goal, at the time we were 2-0 down, we could have been in serious shit right now. And, and Bern Leno dug us out of a hole by making a really, really top save at that point. So I'm going to go with Bern Leno in goal. I know a lot of you will call for Matt Ryan to come in and I don't completely disagree with that. I appreciate 
probably more than many that that Bern Leno doesn't always fill people with confidence and you do in the back of your mind worry about the potential of him making a high profile error in a game like this you know it, it is it is a worry it is a concern but having weighed up all the pros and cons of both I've decided that I'm going to go with Bern Leno and as I say I've thought long and hard about this at right back, I'm going to go with Hector Bellerin. Now, some people will be surprised by that. Some people will prefer to see Callum Chambers there. Others would perhaps even call for Cedric. But Cedric hasn't been involved a great deal lately. And that is a bit of a concern for me. I look at Callum Chambers and I think he works hard. I think he's very enthusiastic, etc., etc. But I'm still not convinced about Callum Chambers as a right back. I think Bellerin showed at Newcastle. And granted, it was against Newcastle and not you know, not particularly strong Newcastle team, but he showed that he can get into the right positions uh, from an attacking sense. I think the way Villarreal are going to set up tonight means that being able to rely on the fullbacks to create those overloads in the wide areas will be massive. Um, it could be key to unlocking them, to breaching that defence, and more so with the possibility of us maybe not having a natural left back at left back is it important for me that you have a natural right back at right back now I know people would say that Callum Chambers is a right back but for me just looks awkward he, he's always looked more like a centre back to me and and I know there will be people out there who will disagree with it uh, but I'm going to go with with Hector Bayerin. I think he takes up those inverted positions um you know and and those inverted positions help us to shift into a, a narrower defensive shape when we're without the ball, but equally, what he does um, is he is he goes into those half spaces in between the winger um, and the centre backs, and he he causes problems. And he did it at Newcastle to good effect. I know tonight is a different game, but I've always said that Hector Bellerin gets way more stick, way more criticism than he deserves, and and so for me, he starts the game tonight at centre back. I've thought long and hard about this. You know, David Luiz is unlikely to be available. If he is, then he plays. Because David Luiz, for me, is Arsenal's best central defender. But it comes down to the factors of whether Tierney will be fit as well. And if Tierney is half fit and David Luiz is half fit, can you really go into a game of this magnitude with two players who are not quite uh, at the level required in terms of their sharpness, in terms of match practice? I'm not so sure about that. So I'm going to go with Rob Holding at centre-back. I didn't think Pablo Marie was very good in the first leg, but Holding and Gabriel have been a disaster pretty much every time they've played together at the heart of the Arsenal defence. They just do not... They just do not work together. They're not compatible, in my opinion. And I think at centre-back, more than anywhere else on the pitch, partnerships are key. An understanding of one another's game is key. And so for me, Pablo Marie, although he didn't cover himself in glory in the first leg, and has had a couple of dodgy moments, I would say, in recent weeks. He's not looked as assured as he did when he first came into the Arsenal side. But I still think that if David Luiz is unavailable, which we think he will be, then that has to be the centre-back pairing. Rob Holding and Pablo Marie. Now, at left-back, I've thought long and hard about this. And obviously, if Kieran Tierney is fit, then I want to see Kieran Tierney start at left-back. In the event that he is not fit, and there is a very good chance that Kieran Tierney will not be fit enough to play there. I'm not going to put Granit Xhaka there again. 
Um, and I'll explain the reasons for that in a bit. I'm going to actually go with Bukayo Saka. I've talked about the fact that I feel like the fullbacks getting forward tonight is going to be key. Obviously, we have to be careful about the spaces we leave him behind. Obviously, we have to be careful, um, you know, about the gaps that we leave him behind because although Arsenal don't have an advantage going into the second leg, we trail Villarreal by two goals to one. That away goal that we did score could prove to be incredibly significant come the end of the night. And if we were to be stupid, be silly, leave spaces in behind and, and concede an away goal, that advantage or that, it's not an advantage, but that kind of trick up our sleeve that we managed to muster out of nowhere in the first leg would disappear. And I think we would be in a lot of trouble. So, um, yes, I, I think we need to be defensively sound and that will make more sense when you see my midfield but I think the fullbacks could be key tonight. I really, really do. And and Emery likes to push his fullbacks on. And I think it's important that we pin theirs back because we allowed them to have too much joy from the fullbacks in the first leg. One fourth, who's not even a right back, was bombing up and down all night long, causing us all sorts of problems. And on the other side, Alfonso Pedraza was equally as effective. So, yeah, um, that's what I would do uh, at left back. So Kieran Tierney, if available, if not, for me, it's got to be Bukayo Saka. And I'll explain why in a moment. Moving into the midfield, I'll put Granit Xhaka back in there. Granit Xhaka, for me, has been Arsenal's most consistent midfield player this season. You can talk about Thomas Partey and you can talk about Thomas Partey at his best being at a completely different level. The problem is that Thomas Partey has rarely been at his brilliant best in an Arsenal shirt. That's the, the reality of it. I was as excited as everybody else when we signed him. I think he's a fantastic footballer and has the potential uh, to do brilliantly. But, but, you know, Xhaka has been uh, the, the most, you know, the most comfortable midfielder, the most consistent midfielder. And in particular now with Danny Ceballos out, I don't want to see Elneny in there. I really don't. I think that Xhaka gives us that stability in midfield. And when I talk about the fullbacks bombing on on the outside, Xhaka very often takes up this position, doesn't he? That sort of inside left uh, position where he patrols that kind of area, helps out with the defence and 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 does has done a really good job of that this season. So um, particularly if you're going to play the fullbacks that I want to play, then I want to see Granit Xhaka in the midfield alongside, of course, Thomas Partey. Um, you know, I've talked about the fact that he hasn't been as consistent as we'd have liked. He hasn't been as effective as we'd have liked since he arrived at Arsenal Football Club. But there's no doubting of his quality and there's no doubt that he's a far better option than anybody else at Mikel Arteta's disposal. As Graham says in the chat, the Xhaka Partey partnership for me is an absolute no-brainer. It's our best midfield pairing. And I think we really suffered in midfield during the first leg. And so it's even more imperative that with Danny Ceballos out, who, by the way, is a disaster waiting to happen in this competition, um, that Xhaka moves into that position. Because as much as I like his enthusiasm, his work rate, et cetera, et cetera, I cannot get behind the idea of Mohamed Elneny starting in a game of this magnitude. Talked about the centre-forward position, and, and that one is also a no-brainer for me. We really suffered without having a focal point to our attack. Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang always has a goal in him, 
always has the ability to score key goals at vital moments. And so for me, uh, having got 78 minutes under his belt at the weekend, which was a lot more than I expected him to get, by the way, he should be uh, ready to start this one. And he needs to lead our line. He needs to show uh, what a, being a captain uh, is all about. You know, being a captain is about leading by example. Aubameyang will have the opportunity tonight to lead Arsenal from the front and fingers crossed uh, firing us through uh, to the Europa League final. So Aubameyang starts up top for me. And now there's some questions about what goes on around him, right? Because in contention, we've got potentially Saka if Tierney plays based on the team that I'm going with, right? You've got Nicola Pepe, you've got Martin Odegaard, you've got Emil Smith-Rowe and you've got Gabriel Martinelli. So what you've got is you've got five players in contention for three positions. So how are we going to play this? This is the this is the bit that I thought really long and hard about, actually. And it's partly why I've gone with Saka as a potential left-back in the event that Kieran Tierney's not available. It's because I actually think that Bakayo Saka hasn't been that good in the final third of late. I think he's wasted chances. I think he's, you know, not always made the right decisions. And that's not to take away at all, right, from the player's overall quality, because we all know that Bukayo Saka is a really, really exciting prospect. He's a really top player, but he hasn't always been at his best of late. And I don't think anybody is immune to being dropped or being left out in this team. Mikel Arteta talks a lot about players being selected on merit, talks about non-negotiables, talks about all of that stuff. Well, then you have to make decisions based on players' form and based on, on the players that deserve to be in the starting lineup. So I thought long and hard about this. And I know I said yesterday that I would put Gabriel Martinelli back into the starting lineup, but I've since changed my mind. I have. Um, I'm going to go with Emil Smith-Rowe from the left. Now, that might surprise some people, but I think he's played that role quite effectively whenever he's been tasked with it. He's gone on the outside of people, which is not really what you'd expect from a right-footed player on the left. Uh, but Emil Smith-Rowe, when he does get into the right positions, when he does get to the byline, when he does get beyond people, has this ability to glance up, to remain composed and pick out players in the centre of the penalty area. So for me, Emil Smith-Rowe from the left-hand side is the way I would go. And again, I totally appreciate some of you will disagree. Some of you will see it differently and that's absolutely fine. Let me know in the chat uh, what your view is. But I would go with Smith Rowe on the left. From the right, I'd go with Nicolas Pepe. He's been so good of late. I don't know how you can drop him. He was Arsenal's only real threat in the first leg. You know, he didn't have a great game in the first leg, but, um, you know, he was one of Arsenal's only threats. He converted the penalty coolly. He gets on the end of things. He gets into good positions. He scores goals. Nicolas Pepe, for me, has done more than Bukayo Saka in recent weeks. And so, for me, I think that Nicolas Pepe should probably start from the right-hand side. Some of you will, will want it differently. Some of you will maybe want Pepe from the left, where, yeah, he has been more effective. But I think he's been more effective from the left when he's played with a right-footed left-back in Cedric Suarez, or he's played with a fullback in Granit Xhaka who's not going to get up and down and occupy the same spaces as him. 
Kieran Tierney, if he plays, or Bukayo Saka, if he plays, will go on the outside. Therefore, you need someone with the ability to come on the inside. I'm a massive believer in balance in a football team, and I think that that would give us the most balance. In the number 10 position, I'm going with Martin Odegaard. I know he's looked a little bit ring rusty of late. I know he's not been at his brilliant best, but he's a top, top draw player. And I believe that he has the qualities to unpick what's going to be a really, really difficult um, VRL side to break down. You look at that and, and Mikel Arteta at times this season has played with either a really athletic front three um, or a really technical front three. And I think that he needs to find the right balance. And the right balance for me is this. You've got the athleticism and the pace of Aubameyang and Pepe, but you equally have the guile, the technique and the vision of Smith, Rowe and Odegaard. So for me, that is my starting lineup for the Europa League semi-final second leg between Arsenal and Villarreal at the Emirates Stadium tonight. Let me run that for, uh, let me run that through for you guys once more. For those of you listening on the audio platforms, Leno in goal, Bellerin holding Marie and Tierney stroke Saka are my back four. Xhaka and Partey would be my midfield duo with Odegaard in the number 10 position. Smith Rowe from the left, Pepe from the right and Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang um, will lead the line for me. The players that have missed out, obviously, Gabriel Martinelli, you know, difficult decision because he's been chomping at the bit. He's been performing. He's done well when he's been given opportunities. But I think Martinelli could still have a a big role to play in this off of the bench. You know, we know there's been a lot of fatigue. Uh, we know that substitutions in this competition, what you're allowed to make five, by the way, have often seen games uh, change direction. So I, I think that Martinelli could still have a huge involvement tonight. I just unfortunately don't think it will be uh, from the starting lineup and probably on the balance of things, having sat and mulled over this for the best part of two days now, this is the decision that I've come to. And again, feel free, uh, of course, to um, to disagree in the chat. Uh, one of you asked me in the comments, let me just uh, pick it up. Uh, where was it? Uh, Cavill says, Harry, if Kiarantini starts, do you then replace Emil Smith-Rowe with Saka? I don't. Um, if Kiarantini starts, I leave Saka out of the team uh, tonight because, as I say, I think he's out of form. I think he's suffering from a bit of burnout. And I think we place too much hope on the shoulders of this young 19-year-old. And, and I just think that based on current form, Smith-Rowe, Odegaard, Pepe is the three to go with in behind Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. Yes, I would, you know, I would entertain the argument that Martinelli is worthy of a start as well. Absolutely. And it was very tough for me to leave him out. But if Tierney starts, I leave Saka out of my starting 11. Uh, T-Talk says, big call. I know it's a big call. And I know it's one that plenty of people will disagree with. But I've thought long and hard about this. And this is the decision that I have come to. Not that it matters in the grand scheme of things. Mikel Arteta will pick the team tonight, but this is what I would do. So uh, Leno in goal, Bellerin, Holding, Marie, Tierney, Xhaka, Partey, Odegaard, Pepe, Smithrow, and Aubameyang is my starting eleven. Get your questions in the live chat box. I'm going to pick out uh, a few of those before we wrap up today's live stream. Don't forget, we'll be back tonight at 7.45 p.m., for a live watch along of the game. And of course, shortly after the game's conclusion, we'll be bringing you the post-match reaction podcast, where I'll be joined by Mike Stavrou of Metro 
sport. So very much looking forward to that. Hopefully we're talking about a victory and we're looking ahead to a European final rather than uh, the meltdown that is inevitably going to follow any exit. Uh, let's go over to the live chat. Abdallah says, afternoon, Harry, would you take Chelsea winning the Champions League if it meant you, man, won the Europa League as well or nah? Yeah, I would because I'm looking at the future of Arsenal Football Club. I'm looking about how I'm looking at how significant this competition is for Arsenal. I'm looking at how big this is in the grand, the wider scheme of things for the Gunners. Chelsea have won the Champions League before. Um, and when I talk about the Champions League final, I find myself in this weird position where, on the one hand, I obviously dislike Chelsea being a Londoner, being London rivals and the history we have between the two clubs. Obviously, I'm not a Chelsea fan and I don't want them to win it. But equally, Man City winning it would mean another British club winning the Champions League before Arsenal do. And that also doesn't sit well with me. So I'm torn on that final. I really, really am. Uh, but yeah, in answer to your question, mate, absolutely. Uh, I would 100% take Chelsea winning the Champions League if it meant that Arsenal were going to win the Europa League, of course. Uh, big hello to Fodis who joins us uh, from Cyprus. Hope you're well. Uh, big hello to everybody uh, watching or listening from the motherland. Hope you're all well. Uh, Christos Anesti to everyone as well who celebrated Easter last weekend. Uh, he says, do you think Arteta was chosen by the Cronkies as part of the Super League plan? Random question. I know. Um, no, look, I think that Mikel Arteta was, was picked because there'd been a lot of noise about what a good young coach he is. Uh, he His reputation, even as a number two at Man City, was huge. It was growing all the time. And, you know, if we're, if we're to believe the reports, he was targeted, wasn't he, prior to the appointment of Unai Emery. So Mikel Arteta has always been on, on Arsenal's radar. I think the, the long-term goal was always for the Super League. Um, but I think the, the process of the Super League being formed and being announced the way it was, was accelerated by the fact that the pandemic has hit all of these clubs massively. I don't think that the, the, the appointment and the plans for the Super League are, are linked particularly, but it's a it's a good question and I get where you are coming from. Um, let's see what else we've got. Cavill says, any chance Arteta will play three at the back like we did in the FA Cup run last year? I just think, Cavill, that having having switched to the 4-2-3-1 at Christmas and having rarely veered away from that during this period, I think it would be a huge gamble to go back to a back three. And I don't think you really need to go to a back three when you look at the way Villarreal play. I think you've seen the consequence of teams trying to mirror their opponent's formation or trying to spring a tactical surprise and often dismissing what their own game is. And, and the best example I can give of that most recent example is Real Madrid against Chelsea. You know, Real Madrid under Zidane have always played in a 4-3-3. It's what they do. It's what they've done. It's how they've been extremely successful. And you saw Zinedine Zidane almost shit the bed a little bit against Chelsea. He looked at their system, worried about it, changed his, shifted his. And I think as a result, we saw a much weaker Real Madrid side. So, I don't imagine he would change it. And if he did, I would strongly disagree with that because I don't think it's the way to go uh, in a game like this. Big hello to Rory, one of our members. He says, don't you feel Saka still creates despite his form in front of goal? I think Saka's ability to run in behind his pace, etc., causes him to get into good positions. But what I will say is when he does cut in, I think he wastes the ball 
very often. When he does cut in from that right-hand side, I don't think he's anywhere near as clinical as he should be, and particularly of late. And I would back Nicolas Pepe to find the top corner cutting in from the right onto his left foot more than I would back Bukayo Saka. I just think Pepe has more of a goal-scoring instinct. And, and, and I think he's been so good of late it would be unfair to drop him. I think of those players we've talked about, I know Odegaard has been injured, but I talked about the balance between needing guile, creativity, vision in that front three and athleticism. And I think that Odegaard needs to play for that reason. I think that then you need to complement him and Smith-Rowe though with Pepe and Aubameyang. It's, look, Saka gets in the right positions. He does, but he doesn't always convert. He's not always clinical enough. And that's my big worry. Let's see what else uh, we've got here. Um, I'm just going to pick out a few questions at random because we're running short of time, but equally uh, it's really difficult to pick out uh, questions. I'm going to try and pick from ones from people that I haven't heard from today. Uh, Bano says, would you say yes to the idea of not winning the Europa League just so our value drops and for Daniel Ek to buy us? It's Look, that would be the way I would look at it. That would be the silver lining I would look at if Arsenal failed to win the Europa League. But I can't say that I want Arsenal to not win the Europa League so that the value of the club drops. I think that as an Arsenal fan, it's impossible for me to do that. Uh, I want Arsenal to go the way, as I say, I don't remember Arsenal's last European Cup triumph. So for me, this would be a first uh, and a a big deal as an Arsenal fan. So I'm desperate for Arsenal to uh, go on and win this Europa League. Let's move on. Let's pick out. I'm going to pick out one more, I think. Um, Where are we? Where are we? Um, Let's see. Let's see. Um, Aaron Corbett says, if Chelsea win the Champions League and don't make the top four in the English Premier League, do they replace the fourth spot? for next season? No, I don't think so. To my knowledge, the Champions League winner gets a place regardless of of the rest of their league. So it's, it used to be that way, didn't it? Do you remember when Chelsea won it and Spurs were fourth and Spurs got kicked out and Chelsea went in? To my understanding, that has been changed. And so Chelsea, if they win the Champions League, will have a, a spot in next year's competition uh, regardless and it won't be uh, to the detriment of anybody else. Um, who who had finished in who had managed to finish in the top four for argument's sake, but again another really really good question. But anyway, we're going to leave it there. We're going to leave it there. Um, in terms of my prediction, which I'll finish off on, I'm going to go for a two nil win to the Arsenal tonight. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling confident. Um, I feel like we are better than Villarreal. I'm I'm trying to take encouragement from the fact that I don't think we could possibly play as badly as we did in that first leg. So taking all of that into consideration, I expect Arsenal to do it. I expect Arsenal to progress and I expect us to set up a UEFA Europa League final in Gdansk, Poland with Manchester United. Get your predictions in the live chat. And as I leave you, I'm going to read out one comment because this is absolutely spot on. Big thank you to Graham. He says, regardless of your view on Arteta, we need to get behind the team. He says he'll think he thinks we'll do this 3-0, 3-1. But that's the key bit, that first bit of Graham's com- 
comment for me is absolutely spot on. Regardless of what you think about Mikel Arteta, regardless of what you think about KSE, Arsenal are in a European Cup semi-final and we need to be behind the lads tonight. We need to be behind the team. We need to support them. And fingers crossed, we've all got something to celebrate this evening because as bad as things have been for Arsenal in the last few years, if we were to progress, it would be our second European final in the space of three seasons, which would be a pretty decent achievement, particularly if we could put the cherry on the top by going on and winning it. But I'm going to leave it there. Um, as I say, come and join me later on for the watch along 7.45 p.m. right here on the Chronicles of Aguna YouTube channel. It's exclusively on the YouTube channel. So if you are an audio listener and you feel like venturing across to the world of YouTube, we'll be going live at 7.45. Live commentary of the game. I'll be taking your comments, your thoughts, live analysis as the game's happening. Um, so I look forward to catching you guys then. Until then, take care and try not to bite all your nails off between now and 8 p.m. Cheers. listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon.